welcome to more to come. PW Comic World's weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing, recorded at our various places of shelter around the New York metropolitan area. Uh, I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly, Editor of PW Comics World, and Editor of the Fanatic PW's twice-a-month comics and pop culture newsletter. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics. And I'm Heidi McDonald. I'm the Editor-in-Chief of The Beat at comicsbeat.com. And you can find us on Twitter at at PW Comics World. I'm Kate Fitzsimmons. I'm the podcast producer. And you can find us online on Tumblr at pwcomicsworld.tumblr.com. And don't forget, you can subscribe to more to come on iTunes and on Facebook. We're at facebook.com slash pwcomicsworld. And don't forget, you can send us a letter. You can let us know how we're doing. You can give us a rating. Uh, give us any kind of feedback by any medium that you choose to use because we love to hear from our listeners. And we need human contact. Yes. <laughs> well, virtual human contact. We're not virtual. allowed yes, We're not true. allowed human contact yet. And, and hey, sometimes we need useful feedback. Points <clears throat> to TCJ for, for catching a uh, audio blip. We fixed it. And, oh, yes. Uh, we really appreciate their help. Yes, so episode, let's give it credit. That was Clark Bursko who said that. So yes. anyway, not and TCJ. It's episode, but, oh, okay. it's episode 419 and it's fixed. Yeah. Oh, I, sorry. I heard about it in context of TCJ. I didn't know the name of the person. All right. This week on More to Come, <clears throat> uh, the state of the industry, uh, publishers under pandemic, things are coming back. Uh, DC distribution saga continues. Um, uh, Marvel goes digital, Jeffy speaks, and more. So, wow, good to talk to everybody. Uh, <laughs> good to talk to anybody. I know. It's like our, our topic lists get more and more amorphous every week. It's like we've been in quarantine or, you know, sheltering in place, whatever you call this, for so long. And, you know, Calvin and I are both writing about the news, and we both just get, you know, like, oh, yeah, that happened and that happened. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, when was it that the industry was destroyed again? Which time <laughs> yeah. was it? Was that <laughs> four weeks ago? I forget, man. Well, it's been predicted for so long. We we, we worry that we might miss it, uh, that the industry <laughs> <I know>. crashed. <laughs> but, yes, anyway, <clears throat> um, uh, it's uh, the industry is still here. Uh, I've been re- spending some of my time reaching out to kind of talk to some publishers to try to find out what's going on, how they're handling the pandemic. So I've got some responses from people. <clears throat> um, let's go down the line real quick. Uh, I uh, talked with Jack Cohen over at Fanagraphics Books. Um, shout out to Fanagraphics. Uh, Gary Groth actually uh, did come down with the COVID. I guess pe- most people seem to know that, but he is recovering. Um, and, and, and what I'm asking um, most of these publishers about is just what they're doing now. What are they seeing out there? What are their relationships with retailers? Uh, though obviously we know retailers are really under the gun right now. Um, and uh, just talking with Jacques and a little bit uh, and some email contact with Gary. Uh, first of all, they got a PPP loan. Uh, so uh, that's obviously uh, uh, great for them. Um, uh, as a, uh, as a, uh, as a publisher that does a lot of online sales, that does have a warehouse, actually, you know, when they transitioned to doing Kickstarters, that became a, a critical element for them. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be again now. They're really ramping up their online sales because of the issues around, around retail. They're even hiring in the midst mm-hmm. of a pandemic with people laying off and furloughing people. They're not laying off anybody. They're so- hiring. A- uh, and, this is fanographics yeah, you're talking about, correct? I'm talking about fanographics, yeah. yeah. So, oh, they got a PPP loan? 
Yes. Ah, yes. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, so uh, several other publishers did as well. So. Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. No. Um. Um. So their uh, their warehouse has been a plus. They're really ramping up their online sales. They haven't laid anybody off. Uh. They're also uh looking to to do more virtual panels. They're talking with their authors. In light of the fact that so many events, so many festivals, so many cons are either postponed, uh, wishful thinking there, uh, or are just outright canceled. And obviously in light of, you know, Comic Con being canceled too. I mean, they're, they're kind of a landmark at uh-huh. Comic Con, um, their booths there. Uh, company, okay. Fantagraphics is one of the publishers I talk with. I also talk with Ted Adams at Clover Press, um, small publisher. He also got a, a PPP loan. Um, and, uh, he's on the board there at, um, uh, the comic book legal defense fund and has been working with them. Actually, uh, they're doing webinars and seminars for retailers, uh, to help them get PPP loans. Mm-hmm. So, um, a shout out to Ted. Um, uh, he, they do expect to cut back on some of the titles that they, um, were uh, publishing this year, but they actually, their first two releases sort of came out in the middle or at the beginning of this thing, and it did uh, fairly well. The, their 80th anniversary uh, spirit title, I think they have a Ke- Kevin Eastman title there, Totally. Uh, what was that? Uh, I forget exactly what it is. But, totally um, Kevin. That's not what it's called. But no, it's, it's Kevin Eastman, and it's totally something or other. And I apologize, Ted, for mangling the title of one of your first books. I can look it up in a second. Uh, but one of the most interesting discussions I had was with uh, – Nick Landau, uh, and, and Vivian Chung, the co-founders of, uh, Titan Comics in Britain. Now they are Britain based, but the, you know, the U.S. is really their market. I mean, they publish for fandom across the board. They publish genre fiction. They publish graphic novels. They publish comics. They, you know, they have a nine store retail, um, uh, outlets in, in the U.K. Uh, under the ForbiddenPlanet.com um, uh, URL, uh, I mean, there's a long history with Forbidden Planet and with uh, Titan Comics that we can go back. I think that the Forbidden Planet store here in New York um, originally um, uh, was a part of that, but 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 are no longer. They are no longer. In any event, Nick uh, uh, Titan Books, you know, has about 250 um, staffers around the world. They're a global business. Uh, their biggest, um, uh, 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 their headquarters has about 150 employees, and that includes the warehouse. Um, and they, uh, every, what, you know what was amazing there? They went on lockdown April 1st. They didn't have a single employee that worked from home throughout their entire headquarters office. They had 48 hours notice. They converted their entire operation, which was a totally in-office, um, uh, operation to at home. They bought computers for everybody. Their IT tab hooked them up, and within 48 hours, there was a, the entire company was working from home. And it's really kind of an amazing story. So, um, so basically, uh, Nick and Vivian go into the office every day. It's completely em- empty, and he runs uh, his global operation. Uh, with Zoom and other platform meetings throughout the day. And according to Nick, he rather likes it. <laughs> he kind of rather likes it that way. Their business uh, is really uh, spiking online uh, through the ForbiddenPlanet.com uh, URL. 
they have a warehouse with about 40 staffers. It's been completely com- converted. He says they use social distancing. Everybody's got masks. I mean, the money isn't quite the same, uh, but they, they're, they're up and they're doing business. Um, most stores, retail outlets are closed. So all of their nine stores are closed. Uh, and, um, they're looking for the lockdown to probably be lifted in the next week or two, but no one knows what that's going to be like. Uh, you know, they're saying you can open things up, but you can only do 30% of your business, maybe 50%. Anyway, uh, that's my report. Uh, um, you know, uh, what would that Clover, Fanographics, and Titan Books in the UK. Calvin, you should write those up. You should. Those are such good stories. Yeah, they are. <laughs> I, I think a story is going to come out of this eventually. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm yeah. expecting more uh, from some of the manga publishers. The Viz said they're going to get back to me. Down, I'm expecting something from Spike Trotman at Iron Circus. So I think there will be some um, reports on all of this, yeah, in the near future. Well, everybody is, uh, you know, getting through this. Um, but, you know, everyone should be gladdened because uh, they did announce uh, that comics are coming back. You know, Diamond uh, broke the dam. They said they would start shipping stuff uh, for May 20th. They had their first FOC, and uh, things are slowly crawling back to life, uh, even as, you know, we're so totally not out of the woods yet. With yeah, virus, uh, Marvel but- says they're going back to um, normal store sales, well, normal-ish store sales on the 27th. Yes, that's right. And, um, you know, Boom is doing a whole, uh, a bunch of stuff. They announced, uh, their schedule and also, you know, Boom always has a great branding program. I will say they're really great at mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Uh, they call it Day One Retailer Support Services. Uh, and it involves, uh, what is it involved? I, I, everybody's kind of just saying the same thing. So, you know, yeah. they have returnability, returnability through August. One of the big things, I think. Yeah. yeah. And then they have, you know, store variants covers, uh, deep discounts, affiliate yes. sales. Oh, should sign up for Especially that. Especially on books, apparently yes. really big di- deep discount on the graphic novels. Yes. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, anyway, it's a the mm-hmm. typical boom, very thorough program to support retailers. Um, and, uh, let's see, who else is coming back? Kate, Kate, who else is coming back? Um, well, um, DC has already been around, but they are increasing their title load, and they are (laughs) going to be shipping Tuesdays, because that's their thing now. (laughs) <laughs> well, they did announce. I mean, obviously, DC has been, you know, shook the industry to its very core. I think we talked about that last time with their yeah. shocking announcement that they were non-exclusive of Diamond and be using Midtown Comics and DCBS to distribute uh, sh- books. And the first books came out last week. I mean, I, the, we don't have a lot of – I haven't personally had a lot of data uh, on how they did, but, uh, you know, supposedly they were packed beautifully and um uh that that much we know and uh, so it's sold out i mean i talked you know we talked to jen king last week uh, she was a guest on the podcast and you know great you know, interview by yeah, the way she's well she's fantastic and yeah. you know she she was talking about opening the store and she said they did and mm-hmm. they didn't have huge crowds and you know some people are not really you know everybody has to wear a mask when they go in and people are a little freaked out by some of the sanitizing but you know they're creeping back so- 
but, the great uh, yeah. portrait of a retailer opening up uh, under as a lockdown is eased. Mm-hmm. I mean, we haven't yeah. heard accounts yet. So, but she said, you know, she ordered some of those DC comics, and she said mm-hmm. they all sold out, and it wasn't like gigantic numbers, but they did. Um, you know, David Harper has uh, talked to a bunch of retailers, and it seems to have gone smoothly, from what I can tell. Um, but then, you know, DC announced their uh, their um, you know, official coming back. I mean, they're June titles and, uh, that will be coming through Diamond, including the eagerly awaited Batman 92, which, you know, ironic oh, note right. we talked about writer James Tinian with all the way back at the end of February when yes. the world is a very <laughs> different place. But, um, the shocker was that the comics will be coming out on Tuesdays and, uh, you know, no one at DC is able to or allowed to speak out or, Whatever, but um, so this is speculation. But speculation is that this is kind of a Time Warner, AT and T thing because other media come out on Tuesdays. You know, DVDs and books and video games and most 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 stuff comes out on Tuesdays. So why not comic books? But uh, I'll say retailers don't seem all that interested in it right now. They're they're you know give me Wednesday or give me death. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's it's since they're saying like. That they they're doing it for this foreseeable future. They don't appear to have any plans not to come out on Tuesdays. Um, that's actually quite the shakeup for the comic book industry. I mean, Wednesday is kind of this iconic day, and for one of the big two to be like, "No, nah, we like Tuesday better," is you know, if that continues, that's going to be a lasting effect. The whole thing is a little odd because, of course, my understanding, and correct me if I'm wrong. Um, they switched. I mean, the initial delivery is on Tuesday to give people the time to set up for Wednesday. That's so correct. That, so that, does that mean they're going to move it to actually to Monday? Probably. <laughs> well, I would say that if it's the DC Comics, I mean, they, you know, it's it's not four hundred different titles like mm-hmm. you have to do on Wednesday. It's like sixty titles. So, yeah. um, you know, they um, they. I, I, I mean, who knows? You know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's I know, a I know. lot of things at the higher <laughs> levels of the industry are shrouded in mystery, as some of no, the I, things I, that we're I, about to talk about uh, will be re- re- revealed. No, no, so, it was a rhetorical question. I mean, because yes, I don't really understand. Well, but it's either. not a rhetorical. But, but Calvin, <laughs> it's not a rhetorical question. That's the thing. It's not a rhetorical question. If you're a retailer, you need to know what I the dealio is happening here. You know, but, and I without mean, a doubt, yeah, I meant more. It's like impossible to answer at this point. It is. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Uh, there's just a lot we don't know. Yeah. Um. I, I, looking at some of the notes we have here, uh, you know, everybody's kind of not, like AWA, the new company uh, mm. that's been very aggressive about digital, is uh, announced they were going with Diamond exclusive, which is okay. You know, um, that hasn't worked out so well for Image or Dynamite, but you know, go with God. Um. And I, I, I know some uh, that there's um, uh, that, you know, manga is also being affected. Kate, I think you had a. Yeah, so manga seems to be going a different route, where instead of not coming out, um, it appears to be coming out at like a slower rate, because uh, it's not really clear. I think it's probably because they've got so much newsstand distribution, and because their lockdowns have not been as severe so far, um, but, you know, the a lot of the manga creators for all there's only one name on the comic involve um a lot of assistants who usually all work together in the same room 
and they can't do that anymore. So mm-hmm. that um, the uh, creator of One Piece, whose name escapes me, it's, at it's Shiro Oda. Oda. Oh right, yeah. yeah. I, was, I missed his personal name. Yeah, um, was saying that like yes, he's still working on One Piece, but you can't expect it to come out on the same schedule as usual because. Um, the COVID-19 situation is causing everything in the industry to just move a little slower. Mm. So it sounds like, reading between the lines, like things are coming out, but they're coming out at a slower rate. Yeah. So, which is kind of standard issue for the whole industry. And, um, you know, I'll get to a kind of wrapping up a lot of this uh, with the talk that Steve Jeppy did in a, in a minute, but just to kind of, you know, continue our, you know, around the league uh, you know, coverage sure. here. Uh, you know, so Marvel, just to, to wrap it up, you know, Marvel told the craziest one of all where they, to me, me personally, mm-hmm. it's like, then they announced that they were going to release a, a small slate, you know, perhaps what Brian Hibbs might refer to as a tiny slate of garbage, uh, as, um, <laughs> you know, a few comics, digital only, never to be printed. However, they will be collected. Like, cause one of them is a brand new book. Uh, there is, um, there's some, uh, like the last issue of a couple series, Hawkeye, uh, you know, Ant-Man, uh, Ghost Spider, you know, everybody loves mm-hmm. Ghost Spider, um, Iron, 2020 <laughs> Ironheart number one, and, uh, and, you know, some final issues. And, um, you know, the collections will have the, there will be print collections, uh, that have the whole thing. But these single issues will not ever be printed. And now given what we've talked about over the last few, you know, the last few months with every time Marvel or DC does something and, you know, retailers are just, you know, this is an outrage. Um, not a peep, just not a peep that I've seen publicly. Maybe they just decided to take it private this time, but, uh, or maybe they're so emotionally exhausted from declaring it's the end of the world. <laughs> for a new reason every week or twice a week that they all decide to take a nap. Because this is, you know, because here's the thing, okay? Yeah. And again, I don't mean to use my dear, dear, dear friend Brian Hibbs as a whipping boy, but, you know, he could take it. If I did, he could take He's it. He's a big right? boy. He's a big boy. But, um, you know, every, I would quote him on this podcast so many times, like, oh my God, this is, you know, people are going to go to digital and they're never going to come back. And, you know, we're going to lose our customers. And here is Marvel directly saying, you know, these books didn't sell so well in print. So, you know what? We're just going to put them out in digital. Yeah. That's exactly what he's been saying he was afraid of and Marvel's doing it. Yeah, but I, I just don't understand why putting your worst selling books on digital is going to destroy well, maybe. Uh, or desync the uh, periodical marketplace. Yeah. Well, you know, I guess this time it isn't because nobody really cared about Ghost Spider. Yes, that, that, I mean, I you thought Jen King had some really reasonable things to say about uh, some of these polarizing issues in your interview, I have to say. She, she did. And, you know, she's a conciliatory, a, yeah. uh, you know, a president. She's, she's a, you know, a, a, a com- you know, I would say compromiser, but she's a diplomat, you know? Yeah. So are, believe it or not, some other retailers are. Yes. And uh, I have no, believe me, I have all respect in the world for Brian. He knows a hell of a lot more about selling. Oh, yeah. Uh, anything oh, than I do. Absolutely. And he is always, um, uh, you know, he is always completely, um, you know, every, it's valid. What he says okay, is very yes, valid and, and, you know, it gets, gets a lot of attention. You know, there is a, 
uh, I want to bring this up. We didn't link to it specifically, but just to give the other side of it, uh, I, you know, I have my other retailer columnist, Brandon Chet, and he wrote a column with a mild card title, The Coronavirus Journal, The Death of the Direct Market. And, you know, I'd been nagging Brandon to write this for a Cheery week. title. And, yeah, and then he made it as a, a diary. Uh, so I highly recommend uh, you know, it got like Warren Ellis quoted it and Kelly Sue DeConnick linked to it. It got a lot of people talking. Let's put it that way. Uh, let's see if I can, let's see if I can find a good, good nut graph here that kind of, uh, uh, kind of sums it up. Um, let's see if I can find it. Here's where things start taking focus. Um, wait, wait here is this. He notices that his his pull list will cover the store going through it. Um, the comic industry does not need the direct market. In order to make demands, you need a position of leverage. Don't get me wrong. Some of the comic industry needs the direct market. But as a whole, the system hasn't worked properly in years, maybe even a decade or more. And at this point in time, the mar- book market distributors are still sending out products. I'm receiving products and restocks faster than Diamond has ever turned something around since they shut down their Canadian warehouse. Most of the discounts receive are comparable. Uh, at, at this point, Danica and I started to realize more and more that we are going to be okay. That said, there was a reason for this. Our whole operation was built upon the idea that Diamond wasn't going to be around forever and that single issues might not be long for this world. So, dun, dun, dun. I mean, <clears throat> single issues are going to be around. I think they're not going anywhere. They're not, well, they're, I wouldn't say that, Calvin. They might be going somewhere. They might well, be going, they be going somewhere. I, I mean, but, look, they've but, already but they gone. around, but. Yes. Okay, that's what I mean. They're going to be around. I just don't see them disappearing completely. However, I think most people will say the book format is dominating um, and will move its domination into the direct market as well. So just to um, so so just to bring this around. So uh, Steve Jeppe, the head of Diamond, the owner, the founder, the CEO of Diamond, did a talk last week um, on a video cast called Comic Book News. It's a snappy title. Um, and, uh, they had a couple of retailers, including Brian Hibbs, of course, um, yes. and Joe Field, uh, Jeremy Shore, um, Jim Mortensen, and another one that I can't recall. So, uh, but this was like the first time that one of the main players in the industry has actually stepped up to talk. And so it was quite newsworthy. I sat and listened to it. I trans, I didn't transcribe it, but I, I, um, you know, took notes on pretty much the whole thing. And I will read uh, my bullet points that I had from that because uh, I think that's probably the best way to summarize what he said. Let's see if I can find it now. Uh, okay. I think that the, my quote that he took was, you know, I don't think you – Jeppy says, I don't think you could destroy the industry in two months. Let's say, you know, Jeppy is – anyone who thinks that guy is stupid – is stupid because he's very <laughs> smart. You know, he's a good businessman. He has survived in this industry for almost 40 years and yep. um, actually more than 40 years. He's been in this industry a long time. And, uh, you know, listening to him his talk is hilarious. I mean, he's, you know, comparing, the, you know, talking about the Titanic and Rodney Dangerfield and banana cream pies. And, uh, you know, he's, and Michael oh, Milken. Michael Milken. <laughs> his good friend, Michael Milken. Um, okay. Who, who has, you know, is a convicted felon, but has also he's done, a, he's done a lot of, Not done a lot totally of totally evil. Yeah. Yes. 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 So, kind of, uh, anyway, um, he says he's dealing with what DC did because DC is a, 
aiming to destroy the industry. Uh, that Tuesday delivery, you know what? If customers want it, customers, you know, it's up to yeah. their store. Um, yeah. They also got a PPP loan. Very smart. Uh, they're, um, he's very optimistic. He says, and he did another talk just uh, last night with, or two nights ago, lose track of time, uh, with publishers including Fantagraphics, Gary Groth, Dark Horses, Mike Richardson, um, Booms, Ross Ritchie, and Dirk Wood from IDW. And uh, he's kind of the message is just like, you know, he's very optimistic about where things are going. He says we are, it's a reset button. And, uh, yeah. and this is a chance for us to come out and say, hey, comics are great. You know those movies you love? Well, here's where they come from. And we're better than ever. And here's what's happening, which, you know, hey, that's quite a, quite a message. Um, but um, he also kind of, it's hard to kind of distill this down because, you know, I'm a Kremlinologist. So hearing Jeppy talk and be quizzed by, you know, powerful retailers, powerful publishers, it wasn't that sharp questioning. But still, it was, you know, this is the closest thing to a state of the industry talk yeah. we've had since this whole Megillah began. Um, but one thing he said a couple times is that Diamond wants to do back issues. Now, oh, yeah, right. People said, are you going to buy Mile High Comics? Because that's kind of what it sounds like. Mile High is a huge, you know, mm-hmm. has hundreds of thousands of back issues. But, uh, you know, his idea was like, you know, wouldn't it be great if somebody walks into your store and says, I need Spider-Man 262, and you go on an app and, you know, you the retailer, and say, oh, I can order that from Diamond, and then you order this back issue from Diamond. So it's kind of a new thing, a uh, brand new idea haven't really heard about that one before um i think the other thing that was kind of newsworthy was that uh they asked him you know is diamond solvent and we really talked about that Mm -hmm. here um you know brian hibbs asked it one week gary groth asked it the next week um and he kind of gave the same answer but uh it was that they're solvent but they you know, it's just because Chase Bank gave him a gigantic loan. <laughs> so, um, you know, they've laid off people and everything, and uh, they went to Chase. And the good news is they don't have to borrow any more money than they already borrowed from Chase. So they just stick with that loan and power on through. So if that's, um, you know, uh, hey, it's great well, to have I a mean- banker. Yeah, I mean, businesses, I mean, a, a business of that size has to have debt. I mean, yeah, they have to function right. on to some level of debt. Leverage, absolutely, yes. yes. So, um, yeah. yeah, you can't, you don't just run on cash. So, um, uh, you know, you know, how much debt, that, you know, that's a whole other issue, but, you mm-hmm. know. Right, right. But, you know, I mean, the point is, though, I mean, they didn't have enough float to keep right. it up. I mean, it's not like, it's okay. Yeah, everybody has some debt, but, like, they didn't have much cash on hand, is what I'm saying. It's a very, very, it's a thin margin, like we always say. That's true. Uh, but I'm, and I'm just basing this on on your article, Heidi. I mean, mm-hmm. the questions I'm asking. I mean, I found one of the things quite interesting in there was his response to, uh, uh, you know, uh, starting up distribution again. Um, the small, you know, how he's doing. I mean, once again, it seems to it, it. It seems to me his response once again is this is a crisis situation. And we're trying to do the best that we can do under this um, by, by serving some of the retailers who can can take it in, and you know, and obviously not burying everyone else under all of this accumulated content. So, I mean, he he just seems to respond um, to be to be responding uh, in a crisis situation with um, 
you know, measures meant to try to get us yeah. to, uh, as a bridge to the other side. Absolutely. No, absolutely. I mean, he is not – he is no dummy. And, you know, he knew how to weasel a lot of stuff, but I answered a lot of things quite <laughs> forthrightly as well. Um, so uh, the, the second talk with the, uh, with the publishers, uh, I'll read my, my um, bullet points from that. It was a little bit harder to do, maybe just because my own mental faculties are deteriorating rapidly. But um, uh, so the big news actually was that they did have the first FOC, first order, final order cutoff, where retailers placed their final answer, their final orders. Uh, earlier last week, I believe, and they were more than expected. Now, they might have expected two copies and they got three, but they were, you know, they were very conservative, uh, numbers that they had, you know, plugged in, but they were more than that. And Ross Ritchie of Boom confirmed that they they, when they got their orders, they were also, you know, higher than they had planned for two. So that's good. You know, the pipeline mm-hmm. is moving. Um, he alluded to a couple of secret things happening, including some kind of big fundraising effort that is coming. I imagine we will hear a lot about that. Um, you know, everybody asked them, the publishers, how did you feel when Diamond told you they weren't going to get paid? And he said, uh, you know, they were all like, um, it was awful <laughs> or, you know, it wasn't great, <laughs> but, wasn't great, but they knew, they, they knew, they knew it was coming. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, he said several times that he had, he, he knows that he has, Jeppy said he hadn't been at the switch for a while and he missed some things, but he's back full time now and he's loving it. And, uh, let's see. So let's see if there's anything else there. Um, oh, I think this is a little germane. Uh, I said, you know, Dirk Wood asked if there will be changes, and he said things are going to change. I don't see things going back to normal. People said it was okay to go back to baseball games. They might be a little reluctant. I think the industry is going to see a lot of change, and I think it would be for the good. Now that the stage has been reset, what are some things we could, couldn't heretofore consider, but now we can? There will be changes at every level down to the consumer level. And I mean, I, you know, I mean, that's not very specific, but I do think it's accurate. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's de- de- definitely the case. I mean, this is a, a seismic, um, you know, impact. It's a seismic proportions on the industry uh, across the board, and not just this industry. I mean, uh, all of it. The, you know, publishing in general. Everybody's looking at this, so uh, we'll have to wait and see. I mean, I guess in some ways the direct market is pretty vulnerable. So um, it is. I mean, it's like you know. I mean, Gary Groff pointed this out. Uh, you know that stores don't have. You know, they, they run on a thin margin. Yeah, yeah. You know, if they lose twenty to thirty percent of their sales, that's going to be enough to to put them under. You know. Yeah. So. Um, and they're so tied to the you know the, these two main publishers. I mean, they really. Um, how you know uh, wither uh, DM the direct market is wither mm-hmm. you know Marvel and DC. Yeah, exactly. To some extent. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but, you know, I mean, things are, things are starting up again. And, yeah. um, you know, we'll see. I mean, there is, I think, just as we're talking here, I think it's interesting that, um, it does seem like quite a few publishers have been able to secure PPP loans, which is great. You know, yeah. we need strong publishers. I've heard very, very few comics retailers. I don't know of any who've yeah. got a PPP loan. Now, I will say, uh, we were talking about this earlier, you know, Bink. I know we talked about this, the book industry. Yes. What is it? The book industry charity. The book industry charitable foundation. Charitable foundation, uh-huh. which has its own comic book fund. 
Uh, they with raised, Forge, with the Forge Fund. They've partnered with the Forge Fund yes, to, to bring comics retailers into the organization. Yeah, um, and they mm-hmm. have uh, raised about half a million dollars for comic shops. Yeah. And I have heard several shops have applied for and been granted, you know, bink uh, bink money. So mm-hmm. that's great. Um, I wonder if I mean, I mean, I'm just literally hadn't even thought about this before. But you know, uh, from everyone I'm hearing, to get a PPP loan, you need to have a pretty good relationship with your bank. And yeah. um, that's what I've heard too. Yeah, and if so, if to you're the point a, where like some major New York restaurants did not get one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and so you know, I think if you are a, uh, you know, even. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, Mike Richardson is a really great businessman and, you know, he went and got his loan, you know, um, you know, Fantagraphics has been in business for 40 years. And so they probably know who their banker is and they got a loan. You know, I think yeah. a lot of retailers probably are not quite as uh, airtight business wise and it might have been harder for them and uh, to get these to get these loans, you know, which is unfortunate because they are the most vulnerable. Without and, a doubt. Maybe yep. we can reach out to the CBLDF <clears throat> and see, since they are running these webinars to help the re- help retailers. Yes, uh, yes. Actually Every- get some of the stimulus money. So yep. maybe it we can does- reach out to them in the future. It does. Who did who did you say is doing? Did you say somebody's doing seminars for? Publishers? Yeah, um, uh, Ted Adams, uh, who's on the board uh, at CBLDF, mm-hmm. he has been working with them as part of this educational series of webinars to try to. Um, I'm told I haven't seen the webinars. I'm told that he's working on with on that. Um, that's supposedly to, it's supposedly educate the retailers and give them some support. Yeah. So you know things things are happening. Uh, there's a big this this charity thing. I can't really talk about it, but I do hear some whispers that's going to be quite large and it's going to raise quite a bit of money for retailers. Oh, great! And, That'd be great. Yeah, and I do think that. Um, it is notable that everyone is is more concerned about retailers than any other se- segment of the business, you know. And well, it's it's well, you know what's <laughs> for most publishers, at least in the book publishing world, the fearsome thing is that Amazon is going to get even uh, more powerful mm-hmm. right. than it already is, yeah. um, because everything is, you know, the sales are obviously for the most obvious reasons they're shifting online because that's very easy. People can, don't have to go out of their house. And, and because you can't they, they go out of your house. get them. Yeah. Like, even if you can go out of your house, most places aren't open. Aren't, aren't open. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not like people have a lot of other options. So, yeah. So I, some sketchy dude on eBay. You know, after I talked to to Jen King last week um, and after listening to Steve Jeppe, you know, Jeppe actually bought up bookshop.org. Um, and he said oh, – yeah, he did. And I mean, he mentioned that, uh, you know, he'd heard about this, this thing and it already, you know, like, like they've had like $5 million in sales and, uh, or, you know, almost $5 million in sales and, uh, raised over a million dollars for independent bookstores. Let's see how much it is right now. Cause they keep a little running tally. It's, uh, okay. you know, 1.3 million. So it's not, too, that's for mm-hmm. the stores. But, uh, anyway, Jen said the same thing. I, you know, to quote her, I asked her, what she thought of the idea of having a place where you could just do a storefront and have people sell floppies through it. Uh, pardon me, comics periodicals have gotten in a lot of trouble, <laughs> a lot of trouble. Uh, and she said that, uh, hold on, I don't want to find her quote because it was pretty funny. She said something like it was 
the biggest no-brainer she ever heard of. <laughs> well, you know, it it really is. I mean, it, this is turning into being. I mean, there are apparently um, <clears throat> in other areas there are other stores cropping up. I think there's a gaming mm-hmm. site that does this that really allows itself to be a storefront for a variety of different kinds of retailers. Uh, and then, of course, what's happened here during this incredible crisis is that it's become a lifeline where you can keep some revenue coming in uh, if you don't have a web, uh, an e-commerce operation or don't have a very good e-commerce operation. Uh-huh. Yes. So they're, they were kind of really poised uh, when this disaster hit. Mm, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, I mean, we'll get there. I mean, Jeppy also – mention like wouldn't it be great to have this app where you could order any kind of comic and i'm thinking to myself well you know you have this pull box <laughs> software that you've been working on two years okay. so you might want to just talk to someone in you know in your software development department and um i'm sure he's aware of that that, he's, that yeah. guy's not stupid okay well, it's interesting. not stupid your talk with jen i thought was very interesting where she brought up the whole notion if i'm not mistaken about uh the uh, a change in the the pull box paradigm right and yes and that is something that jeppy also mentioned he said you know it's a good time to get the deadbeat so i'm going to do a follow-up when i wrote this my story it was i had talked about this idea with a few people and i gave it the title because i like my incendiarized i said a bookshop.org for floppies really is the way to save comics mm-hmm. and most of the response i got was why did you call them floppies and i'm sick of ways <laughs> to save comics and i'm like okay but then i had about three or four people who are very very smart email me and say this is a really the best idea how can we make this happen so um but i i want to do a follow-up article because um you know both jeppy and jen king said that one of the greatest threats to comic shops is people with pull lists who Mm -hmm. don't buy buy the comics and for for fans out there who don't know what a pull list is i mean you basically the stores you know bring get the comics for they're for favorite customers. You can set it up, and they each, each week they pull out the comics, but they don't. But they're paying for them, and the customer has to come in and buy them, which mm-hmm. they sometimes do and sometimes don't. Right. Yeah. And so okay. I'm so sorry. Uh, here is here is a a learning moment for you listeners. It is really mean to ask them to pull it and then not buy it. If you don't know if you're going to buy it or not, don't ask them to pull it. And a public service announcement. (laughs) Yeah, but as I think I mentioned on, you know, when I was talking to Jen, it's like when I was a kid, I didn't buy all the books in my pull list. And then I stopped doing it because, I I mean, I did realize that. You know, I sinned once and got yelled at. And then, of course, I never wanted to do it again. But, uh, yeah, you know, if we had an app, uh, there was an app that you could use where you could order your comics and pay for them in advance. That would be really cool. Mm -hmm. Or ultimately, what if you just paid for your pull list ahead of time? Well, that some stores do have put a hold on your credit card, you know, like uh, so, you know, some treat it as in an adult fashion. So, but I'm sure we'll we'll see that. I I guarantee you that'll be one of the things that comes out of it until we're wonderful and strong, and this is all just a memory, and then people will be sliding again, you know. Well, so. I know one of the stores in our retail feature talked about that uh, after the lockdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one of the ways that they were reaching out to customers to pay for their pull list, and he was shipping them out. Um, and a, there were, you know, this is a lot of comics. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it can be hundreds of comics. 
um, that people have on reserve uh, that they haven't paid for. Yeah, yeah, and um, that especially in the lockdown. I mean, obviously you couldn't get sure. in necessarily to buy the comics, pick it up, but it, it you know became a problem. So um, yeah, it's uh, you know comics. They just have all these different ways. I will say that I, I think listening to Steve Jeppy talk, uh, one of the things he said that was kind of very clever of him to say but clever because it's true it's like you know stores need to listen to their customers now i say it's clever because diamond's customer is stores you know and stores are literally the customers of the comics industry that sells non-returnable you know like once they're in the store they're a sale and so uh you know stores need to be to be responsive to their to their customers, but yeah, hey, maybe people want to come in Tuesday and get their DC comics. You know, maybe just the DC demons will come in on Tuesdays, and then the the rest of the Wednesday warriors who buy everything will come in on Wednesdays. I don't know. You know, that's that's developing, as we like to say. Um, but you know, you know, uh, Mike Richardson liked to twist the knife. He gave a little burn, uh, pointing out that their um, Zelda art book had sold uh, like a million copies. And um, Wait, what? <laughs> and um, well, I mean, it sold, yeah, you know, or did a million dollars. I might have missed. Mis- That's a that. big. Oh. It's a big area for them. Art books based yes, on. It- uh, video games. Yeah, they've been talking about huge, this for years. Yeah, it's a forty dollar book, so it's yeah. like they sold a lot of copies. Yes. And he said very, very few of them were in comic shops. So you know, you might want to yep. look into that. Yep. <laughs> it's true. It believe me, um, they have been talking about this for at least the last four or five years. Yeah. About what a huge category this is for them. Yeah. And it's you know it's what's been keeping them going with all mm-hmm. these. Vagaries of the direct market. You know, I'll say this. Mike Richardson is also very smart businessman and props to him. He's yep, really yep, shepherded yep. Dark Horse through some very tumultuous times. Yep, yep. Um, hey, you know what? I, could I – I was wondering, could I insert something that uh, I forgot to mention and that's about um, uh, virtual book fairs that have been announced? Oh, Calvin, do so, please. If I may, I'm sorry, I forgot to mention this to put it on our um, on our, our topic list. But first of all, the um, um, the Bologna Children's Book Fair, which was canceled, uh, has been reinvigorated as a an online uh, Bologna Children's Book Fair. It's going on this week. Um, I actually uh, have a, um, and you can just go online to BolognaBookFair.com. Uh, and, um, blown your children's book fair.com. And, uh, I actually had a section on, um, the fast growing children's comics and graphic novel market. Basically, uh, I was in, a, I had a conversation, uh, with Ivanka Hanenberger. I think you know who I'm talking about, uh, <laughs> Heidi of VIP licensing, uh, and a tremendous, uh, seller of graphic novel rights, translator, uh, and, uh, Alina Pasoli, who is the, uh, really the, Really the director, uh, the exhibition manager of the uh, Bologna Children's Book Fair. So that is archived and it is available um, on the website. And uh, Book Expo has been uh, – is going to launch a virtual uh, uh, book expo at the end of the May – at the end of May during the uh, uh, its original scheduled days. I think it's May 26th through 29th or something. And so I am going to be moderating the new graphic novel showcase panel. And we've got five great uh, graphic novels coming up. Mike Curito, 
uh, in his book Flamer, Kiki Hughes' graphic novel Displacement, Trung Le Nguyen, The Magic Fist, uh, uh, James Romberger's Post York, and Bisak Sum's A Spellbound. So, uh, this is just a, Throw that out there um, because you know we we're we're going to recreate these fairs uh, in the virtual world. So well, just to tag on to that, uh, you know, there's also uh, hashtag WonderCon at home, and oh, right. uh, yeah, you know, WonderCon also went virtual. And literally, as we're speaking, I couldn't resist peeking into my inbox, and I got an email that says. Join hashtag TCAF2020 online starting Friday at 6 p.m. And you oh, know, really? not, yes, and so not to create too many tears uh, for Calvin and I and, and the fabulous Jody Culkin, but, you know, in a world that did not have coronavirus at this moment, we'd be in Toronto with uh, our yeah, yeah. friends for having the time of the year. But, you know, it's, it's all – we'll be back. Someday we will be reunited. But anyway, yeah. uh, they are doing it. Uh, they are having a tweet, a Twitter. They're going to be doing it on Twitter, and then they're doing also CanCaf. Uh, a cross festival hashtag that we use for the program is a TCAF, VanCaf, DCAF, MCAF, and, <laughs> and Quebec Bay to promote and share online content. I love it. All right. It's just a giant virtual mishmash. Okay. Yeah, so that's hashtag CanCaf. Uh, we call it Bishmash Khan. Yes. 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 <laughs> so there's a couple of other things that, uh, you know, as the world adapts to the, the, the life that we're living, uh, there's things that aren't happening and things that are happening differently, Kate. Uh, I think you had yeah, a couple so of... One thing that is interesting is that, as some of you may have guessed, um, while TV seems to be chugging along normally right now, that's not going to last for very long. And one of the things that's changing is that some shows are not ending the seasons the way they were normally planning to. And one of these is The Blacklist, which is actually leaning on what they're calling, quote-unquote, graphic novel art. I mean, we'll see what that looks like in practice. I think it's a yeah. motion comic, but go It's with probably God. a motion comic <laughs> on television is my there guess. You yeah, you're probably right. As part of their final episode that they had half filmed and half not. And so in order to complete the episode, it's going to be um, part, quote-unquote, graphic novel art with voiceover. Um, so that will be interesting to see. And it will also be interesting to see whether, you know, any other TV shows lean on graphic art of a variety of different forms to try to bridge the gap or complete a season or bring something out. I mean, we all know a lot of canceled television shows sort of lean heavily into the whole, um, well, we don't have a show, but we do have a comic land. I mean, right. We do have storyboards, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I do wonder whether this is going to be a one-off or whether anyone else is going to look at that and go, Meh, okay, let's do it. Um, but that's interesting. Well, I've been predicting that. I'll just jump in. You know, I've been predicting that. I've been saying we're going to see animation used in some different ways as as we, you know, move through this. And, uh, you know, there's a couple of other things, I believe, that are, are happening along those lines. But, uh, you know, that's certainly a very creative use. Yeah. Of, uh, uh, that's you know, one thing you can do creative. under the pandemic when you can't bring together live actors, right, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You could do an animated feature and with everyone in their own little spaces. Yeah. Um, speaking of things done with people in their own little spaces, basically 
Good Omens, which has which had its 30th anniversary just the other week, um, brought out a little COVID-19 bonus, which was called um, Good Omens Lockdown, which was like a three-minute long um, humorous phone conversation between the two protagonists with footage from some of the props from the show edited together cleverly. Um, it was just a fun little bit of fluff, but it, it definitely showed the kind of thing that you can do and still have look professional um, under these circumstances. It's not just like a bunch of heads on Zoom. Mm-hmm. Because I've, I've seen a lot of like, ha, aren't we clever? We're doing the Zoom episode uh, <laughs> things, and it's getting old. Um, but some things are just not happening. Um, according to Warren Ellis's newsletter, um, he had been planning a comics imprint with a unnamed publisher, but it is not going to happen because of the business conditions surrounding the lockdown. So that's a shame. It yeah, is, absolutely. It is. Yeah, there's a lot of things that uh, just, you know, once <laughs> we're going to be, that shall not be. Yeah, that's yeah. for sure. All right. But uh, also, in the meantime, I know, uh, you know, for those of us who are stuck at home, uh, there was no dearth of free comics uh, coming out there. As everybody's <laughs> right. doing some free stuff. And uh, let's see. Let's. I know Marvel has made a bunch of their books, including this Black Panther. a whole new bol- bolus of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and of all things, Doraemon has a whole suite of free stuff called the Doraemon Stay Home Project, complete with <laughs> online games and manga and a variety of online stuff. Mm-hmm. For whatever Doraemon super fans there are out there listening to our show. But yeah, it's it's an interesting time. Um people are making their backlists available I think in part to, you know, keep their brands alive and you know, give people fond memories of them at this time so that when the comic shops finally do open up, people will be like, oh, yeah, now that I'm caught up on Doctor Strange, I'm going to go buy that comic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I will say one other very hot rumor that I've been hearing is that uh, DC is going to do more original digital comics also. You know, uh-huh. like they did mm-hmm. their own, like, oh, we're expanding our digital mm-hmm. first and um so i hear there might be more coming digitally so uh you know change jeppy is correct change is a coming well i think that's the case um it particularly when we're, you know when publishers see a situation where physical retail can be actually shut down for extended periods yeah. um they have to start thinking well not that they want to get rid of print, but they're thinking someone may take something may take print away from them. Right. So they need to be prepared. For they need to be other prepared. outlets yeah. if something yeah. goes wrong. Yeah. Um, because quite frankly, and this is not something people want to hear in May of 2020, but the fact remains that you know some of the projections are saying we may be facing another lockdown in fall or winter, and absolutely so everybody has to make plans for that. You can't just pretend that this is automatically a one-time deal. Oh, yeah. Listen, our lives are going to be disrupted for, I mean, if you start this from, say, March 1st, uh, arbitrarily, uh, on March 1st, 2021, we will still be dealing with the effects of this. And anyone who thinks otherwise 
is absolutely. not being realistic. Okay, so yeah, absolutely um, right. Yeah, and I mean that's that's. I think there'll be good days and bad days, and good things yeah. will happen, and we'll find new ways of doing things. And yep. Um, but we you know, will be dealing with it. Yeah, we're going to be dealing with it. One way or another. This. Yeah, and um, for a while. You know, this is the disruption of our times. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So. Um, so I don't know. Did we cover everything here? We did, but let's have a little positive note to end this on. What is fun for you guys? What is uh, you know? What have you discovered in lockdown on TV or reading wise? What's something that's uh? uh well, I tell you one thing. Um, I'm uh, I'm reading um some some incredible books that are coming out in the fall. Um, I really do think uh, I did. I'd just like to mention. Uh, Chasing the Bird, uh, this bi- graphic biography of Charlie Parker that Z2 Comics has announced. I think it's a fabulous mm-hmm. book. Uh, is that I the just, one with art by Toby Cypress? No, it's oh, by a different one. Yeah. Dave, Dave Chisholm, who did oh, another yes. book yes, yes. for Z2 called Instrumental. That was also quite good, but this is another level. Mm-hmm. And it's really one of the best books I've ever seen on Charlie Parker. The great and revered, uh, uh, you know, the jazz, uh, alto jazz exponent, uh, and composer, and, and, and it, it's coming in the fall. Uh, and I've also a new graphic, uh, book called Infinitum by Tim Fielder, who all, that is also, I think, going to be a really powerful and big book. So I've been reading those, uh, that, that's given me some pleasure and looking down the road. And I've been watching the Korean baseball organization. Oh my uh, God, have you? Middle of the night. How is that, Calvin? How's that hey, doing? Baseball. For you? It's actually quite good. I mean, it's pro baseball. Um, there, it's the major leagues of Korea. Uh, and there are American major leaguers. They, there's two foreigners on every team. ESPN just started broadcasting them. So I, I watch a little bit and I tape a little bit and watch during the day. So, uh, it's great seeing some baseball play ball. If you start crying, I'll start crying. I know. (laughs) The Yankees were loaded this year. Uh, But uh, that's another topic for another day. Yeah. Well, one thing that's giving me joy is um, I am rereading one of my favorite, really, unsung fantasy comics of the last decade um red thorn from david bailey and megan hetrick it was a vertigo book that unfortunately went under the radar at a time when vertigo was trying very hard to break through again and just not getting publicity it would have been like i honestly think that if red thorn had been an image book it probably would have been a lot bigger um it's really good it's available in trade it's only two volumes um it's basically this modern day Scottish fantasy story in which this mad god kind of breaks through the walls of reality and plays merry hell with everything. And it's just really well drawn and written and it's it's like a little mini classic. You you don't it's not like forty volumes, it's two volumes and they're two perfect volumes. And I really do hope some more work comes out of David Bailey and Megan Hetrick well, because you know, they deserve it. And also I will say, Kate, uh listening to the description, that does sound when they sat down, they said, Can we make a book that Kate will love? <laughs> because that is in Kate's wheelhouse. But it sounds really good. That's that's great. So custom order. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go. So Love as for it. what's bringing me joy, I will yeah. say I need to get my work-life balance in better 
because it's it's uh, my one thing that is uh, you know improved in my life is that I exercise quite a bit more. I have a home gym that is surprisingly effective, and you know with apps and TV and all that. So, uh, but I, I I definitely I need to get back reading. Um, and uh, so I have a lot of books here that I haven't read. Let's put it that way. Uh, so hopefully I will, but, um, you know, and also Korean baseball and maybe someday American baseball will come Who back knows. safely, safely. Uh, and of course continuing. Oh, but one thing I, I will plug. I do another, it's kind of a zoom cast. It's live. We do it Fridays at four o'clock. I do it with Jimmy Aquino, another podcaster of, yeah. um, comic news insider. And we have a rotating like one episode, Jimmy does it. And then the next one I do it. And, uh, you know, we talk about classic movies. We've talked about. Evil Dead and Flash Gordon and The Crow and tomorrow then we talk about the fate of the industry like we do here just with a different cast of characters and um, tomorrow at 4 o'clock we're doing a live one about the dark side of the ring which is a really incredible wrestling documentary series so anyway I'm enjoying doing that but uh, the, the good good to hear about you I gotta get reading again let me read yeah. those comics well um, one thing I have enjoyed that's completely random, but that does make me wish that we could post reaction gifts in a podcast, which sadly one cannot, is the Ghanaian dancing funeral, uh, sorry, dancing pallbearers meme, which, have you guys seen it? No. Uh, no. Oh, you have to. Okay. <laughs> All you have to do is Google dancing pallbearers and it dancing will pop up. Bears. Anyway, okay. so basically they had they're a troop of pallbearers. They dance. It's a thing. And <laughs> with the coffin, with the coffin. Okay. And they had their own documentary on the BBC a couple of years ago. But for some reason, I guess because we're all in like a humorously morbid frame of mind right now, they've become a meme where like the idea is usually one posts something stupid someone did and then afterwards suddenly dancing pallbearer. <laughs> okay, well, I'll keep an um, eye out for that. I quite frankly feel could apply to so many brilliant comic industry ideas where um, we could just mention a aforementioned idea and then silently have the dancing pallbearers come on. Well, I um, – But, yeah, yeah, it gives me a lot of joy, especially the one with the uh, – Medieval illuminated pallbearers and the uh, medieval take on the dance tune they dance to. Uh, uh, it's it's classic. Uh, well, I'm gonna Google. I'm Googled it already. I have the videos queued up. As soon as I finish <laughs> this this uh, podcast, I'm gonna right. watch some of this. I'm, I'm it, gonna do the same. Yes. So uh, I think we're just about out of time. So yeah. uh, you know, All that's right, it you for one well, week. But uh, don't I, forget, don't forget to. Uh, Rate us and, yeah, you know, please. send us a letter. If you made it this far, uh, you get a cookie. So uh, thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you. And there will be more to come.